for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Another thing for I get into this, and actually, uh, it's just such a good segue into this. Um, but um, thank you, Kyle, for that word about the floodgates opening, because the the two for me, I'll just say, like if we were in a little circle, it'd be like, what did you see? What did you see? Well, what I saw for me was joy, and a new floodgate of joy, and of tenderness. The Lord is both joyful and tender, but He's also a lion roaring too. So whatever else you did, just you know, whatever else the Lord may have shown for you, to hang on to that and thank God for it. I felt when I walked in here during worship, thank you worship team for plowing for us, you know, making, getting our hearts ready, was the, um, was the, the, uh, a, an overall release of increased hunger for the Lord. There's so much uh, else trying to attract your attention to eat of the world. Um, the Lord wants to shift that. So it's not like, you better be hungry for God. It's like, he'll give you a hunger. You know, when you're really hungry, you don't have to really stir that up. You're like, I'm hungry, right? So um, I heard of that. Yeah, anyway. All right, so many things back, back. Uh, how many of you have heard the, the worship song, Make Room? I will make room for you to do whatever you want. To, okay. A few, a few of you, some of you. Hello. Good. Um, we do that here. Uh, we, it's a great song. It, great, it really connects my heart to the Lord. But it's also the words to it. <clears throat> I think four different people helped write the song. But the... the the, the lyrics are actually a great declaration. So I don't know if, Rhonda, if you knew this was where I was, how I was going to start today, but uh, you didn't know. Okay, so <clears throat> here I have it all in my notes. It's not in your notes, but here's what the, the lyrics to the song are, and this is a declaration. I want to declare that over us, over myself. It says, here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown... This is my surrender. Oh, there it is. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt, this is my surrender. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way with us. Have your way with us. We surrender. We surrender, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Shake up the ground of all my tradition. Break down the walls of all my religion. Your way is better. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Most of us uh, have heard about back on February 8th, a Wednesday, uh, something unusual took place at a small college in Kentucky, Asbury University. Um, on a Wednesday, what was started out to be just a normal weekly Christian University chapel service, which those are great, but when it ended, it didn't end. It just kept going. 
Students stayed and just kept worshiping. There, was test, there were testimonies of the goodness of Jesus in their lives. And, and so over the next two weeks, uh, statistics, I think, said over 50 to 70,000 people flew into a town of 6,000 to a, uh, a campus and a hall there, Hughes Auditorium, uh, for a campus of an enrollment of Asbury University of 1.6, 1,600 students. So for two weeks, they wanted people flew in, including number here in this room, to join in the worship and to connect and experience a fresh sense of the presence of God. The, <clears throat> the subway manager there across from the university uh, they inter- just to give you a sense of it, he said, we made in two weeks our, what we would make in an entire year of selling foot-long subs, foot-long pros. Uh, my favorite, I don't want to list what I get there, but his problem, he said, our only problem was we couldn't keep the meat stocked. There was so, much, <laughs> so many students. But what was really cool was these fifty to 70,000 people, mostly college students and Gen Z, uh, that were there, they went back to their college and university campuses and to their cities, towns, and churches, and they began to pray for other people to receive fresh encounter with the Lord, to receive a fresh anointing. We use that word in church a lot, anointing. It sounds a little spooky to some people, but it's basically the Greek word Christos, where it's the description of Jesus, Jesus the Christ. It means Jesus, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's what he's called to do, what he was called by the Father to do. He's the one, it means anointing. He's the one anointed to bring salvation to the world. Okay, so Christos in its essential form, is, is the, means rub together. To rub together, like when they would prepare a chicken for cooking over a fire in the Bible days, they would anoint the chicken with fat or oil, okay? They would anoint it, and then it would cook better. And so the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit called oil, comes and he rubs, he's a person, but he's also oil. He comes and rubs together with your human spirit or your physical body healing your ear or whatever else he may do or delivering you from an attack of the enemy. But that's what anointing is. And so the Spirit of God uh, is being released through prayer of people that went to Asbury and um, and really it's happening throughout our country, but I have a couple of pictures. Uh, my alma mater and Suzanne's Baylor University, that's them uh, having spontaneous extended prayer after that, glory. Uh, and then, uh, then the next one, that's Rupp Arena. I think that's Kentucky. They're, they've continued an ongoing, and then Texas A&M, uh, whoop, there you go. Even a and I was like, Holy Spirit, you really want to go to... Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Ouch. <clears throat> um, so at A&M, uh, a man named John Rattay, who was part of the Jesus movement in the 70s, 
He's, he just put out a video this past week about kind of in tandem with the movie, The Jesus Revolution, that's come out. Um, he said, I just been, spent five days at Texas A&M, and they're experiencing a, a fresh move of God, too. So God is moving in a specific, in an increased a, a way that before February 8th, he wasn't moving that way. Now, I wasn't, I did not go, but the testimony of many who went and spent time worshiping was that they experienced a very sweet and powerful but sweet presence of God's love, his joy, and his peace. You know, coming out of COVID and being locked down and, you know, all this, everyone trying to compare themselves on the TikTok with, you know, there's so much depression and suicidal stuff happening in people, you know, it, it's like, yes, this generation, the, the Gen Z and college, college campuses, they desperately need the love of God, the peace of God, the joy. And so this last Tuesday, um, we have our prayer meeting at noon, uh, it's in our prayer sets, it's in the announcements. Um, there was such a sweet, powerful presence in the middle of our prayer meeting that um, about 30 minutes into the prayer meeting, I started sensing. I mean, I had a message ready to go today that was different. All right. I, I was excited about the message. I felt, I felt like God was on it, and I believe he's still on it. And I was a little bit fighting with the Lord because, you know, I've been cooking this thing and ingredients, and it's about to come out of the oven, and but the Lord assured me that this cake I was baking, it will stay fresh until whenever he wants me to, to give it, okay? But I was like getting tapped on the shoulder. Anyone know what Morse code is like? Can you all play this? Anybody? Okay, it was like that back then, that's how they would communicate. That's me doing Morse code. Can you play that? Um, it was a, uh, it may not work. I had a lot of technical things going. And can we just give a big hand for Chad Bartlett back there? And Justin and Evan. Woo! All right, we clap for you, so you better deliver now. Uh, but anyway, they, okay, here's what it was like kind of, to help you hear, say, how do you hear God? Well, I, it's not like that. It's not direct, but it's like the Lord going, McFly. You know, all right, thank you. That's enough. <laughs> Go to bed, put that on an eight-hour loop and try to sleep. But what started happening is I was noticing the sense in this prayer meeting on Tuesday was the same flow of the river of God, the spirit of God that we were experiencing last Sunday, Sunday before it's like it didn't stop when we locked the doors last Sunday afternoon. It's like the Holy Spirit, the, the, Holy, the, the river was still going, and it was like, this is, huh, this is great. It was so tender but powerful. The Lord just led the whole time. And so what, I, what started coming in me was, wow, if this river is still going, and, it, and a number of the people in the circle there praying were, had been to Asbury, I was thinking, well, Lord, I don't want to get in the way and stop up what you're doing, okay? And so I started thinking, and I went right to, there's a, there was a biblical principle that I want to share today 
related to not stopping the river of God in a certain season, okay? Because, you know, y'all know beavers put sticks and trees in the river to stop a flow. Well, I don't want to be a bad beaver, okay, and, and put sticks and stuff in the way to keep a river from flowing, okay? Now, the truth is God is sovereign, and he makes the rivers flow. He brings the seasons. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us there's a time and a season for everything. And then Ecclesiastes 3 gives us 14 pairs of opposites that are all, if you do the math, if it's 14 pairs of opposites, that's 28 seasons. So God's the one who brings times and seasons, okay, for his moves. So we can't, because he's sovereign, we can't make God's season keep going. But we can, by our responses to what God is doing or what he's not doing, our responses to God's spirit can make a big impact as to whether we are still in that place where he wants to keep moving. Okay, so that's my theme today, and I have two points, basically. I'm not going to go too long, but um, Roman numeral two, there are two biblical principles to help us cooperate with what God is doing, and the theme uh, is paragraph C there under Roman numeral one. It's as we learn, and hopefully today we will learn, as we learn to cooperate with what God is doing, we position ourselves to enter in to all God has for us. All I want is all God has for me. I don't want any more than that. I don't want any less than that. But I want to be in position for everything that's in his heart for my life individually. These two principles will help you individually and us corporately. And we have some some friends on our worship team today who are back at other churches in the city. So wherever, uh, wherever you, we are in our corporate meetings and in our uh, individual lives, these principles can apply. How many of you want the river of God to keep flowing through Austin? Amen? To see all God wants for Austin as well as not just our church or our individual lives. So even right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just really uh, alert us to receive. As Rhonda shared, uh, we are not going to tell you, oh, don't, don't erupt that volcano. But we're not going to make it happen. We can't make that happen. So, but we want to be in position for you to do all that you want to. We want to make room for you. So in these next few minutes, would you help us to uh, be in position with these two truths in Jesus' name? Two truths from Scripture to help make room. Don't quench and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person and he's fire, and he's a number of pictures of who he is. But we don't, if you don't quench him and you don't grieve him, you will be in position. How many of you follow what I'm saying there? Okay, good. So, 
Paragraph A, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, couldn't be more straightforward. It says, do not quench the Spirit. The Christian Living Translation says, do not extinguish the Spirit. Now, since the word for 2023, I said back in January, I said the word, I don't have a big prophetic word this year, like victory in 23 or something, you know, catchy. But the, I really believe the word for 2023 is the word. The word of God is the word. God's going to help us fall in love with his word. And so part of that is when you get up, like at 1 Thessalonians 5.19, you want to look at the context around it. What's it saying? And so I want to look at the context. I think it's in your notes. Verse 16, these are some kind of commands for the church. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Verse 19, here it is, do not quench the spirit. Verse 20, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them, test them all, hold on to what is good, Reject every kind of evil. So verse 20 helps us there to see what quenching looks like. It says, don't quench the spirit. And then it says, don't treat prophecies with contempt. Like Rhonda Wallet comes up here with a volcano word like, I don't know. You know, that, that's so weird. Content, you know, that, that can quench the spirit. Jesus taught in parables a lot, so we've, we may not have seen a volcano in person, but we all can relate. Oh, yeah, I know what a volcano is. Okay, so, so don't, do not treat prophecies with contempt. But then verse 21 gives us a balance to that, to where we don't just let everything go and say, oh, we don't want to quench the Spirit, so let anything, anything happen. Look at verse 21. It says, uh, test them. And hold on to what's good. In other words, whatever's happening there, is it, does it line up with Scripture? And does it produce in the end, like all the, the YouTube prophecies, things happening that you can kind of tap in and listen? What's the fruit being produced in the life of the hearer? Is it bringing you closer to the Lord? Are people getting born again? Healed physically, delivered of things. That's how you test a move of God. Or is it making you pull away and think you're superior? Be careful. See, test prophecy. Don't treat them with contempt, but it's not a free-for-all. And let anything go because, after all, we don't want to quench. Someone wrote a book back in the 80s, Don't Check Your Brains In at the Door of church. Don't check your brain. Oh, well, we're just going to, you know, no. Uh, Rhonda, I'll just go ahead and say, Rhonda is a major captain pilot in American Airlines. All right? I mean, she like flies all over the, you know, all these places and uh, she's going to give me free tickets to the next Olympics and World Cup. And anyway, so she, but she, she's not, she's not, I'll just, I'll be kind. All right. She doesn't check her brain in at the door, but God gave her this picture. Yeah. 
You see what I'm saying? All right, I'll, I'll move on. So for me, under this thing of quenching, um, the paragraph A, little paragraph A there, I like saying this Greek word. It's, it's spinumi. Spinumi. I'll say it again. Spinumi. It, it, thank you. It means to extinguish or suppress. So when I think of quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit, I think of pouring water, trying to pour water on that thing. Don't pour water on what uh, the fire of God that's moving. Paragraph B, make no mistake, the enemy wants to oppose or quench the divine activity of the Holy Spirit among God's people. He wants to quench it. Uh, in fact, the Greek word Satan, one of the words there is opposer. He's an opposer to the things of God. <clears throat> Paragraph C, as I was praying about this, I thought of a, a passage in John Bunyan's book, Pilgrim's Progress. How many of you have read Pilgrim's Progress? You had to read it for college. Or, or it's a Christian. It's awesome. It's a Christian book. Um, but it's... <clears throat> Look at this. I'll read it. There's some copies outside. But I'm going to show this picture. <clears throat> well, I'm going to kind of <clears throat> point it out here. <clears throat> a few things. Sorry about the throat. Okay, so that is Satan. That's a, that's a wall with fire coming out of it. And over here is Jesus, okay? Follow along. Yes. Just chug. Let me chug it. All right, so... Satan's over here trying to quench. He's trying to pour water on the fire. That's Jesus with oil, all right? So, this is old English, so <clears throat> English class. Then I saw in my dream that the interpreter took Christian by the hand and led him into a place where a fire, where, where was a fire burning against the wall and one standing by it, always casting much water upon it to quench it. Yet the fire, yet did the fire burn higher and hotter. What? Then said Christian, what meaneth this? What means this? The interpreter answered, this fire is the work of grace that is wrought in the heart. He that casts water upon it to extinguish and put it out is the devil. But in that you see the fire notwithstanding burn higher and hotter, you will also see the reason for that. So he had him about to the backside of the wall, I took him to the backside, where he saw a man, capital M, with a vessel of oil in his hand, of which he did also continually cast, but secretly, into the fire. Then said Christian, what means this? The interpreter said, this is Christ who continually with the oil of his grace maintains the work already begun in the heart. By the means of which, notwithstanding what the devil can do, the souls of his people prove gracious still. And in that you saw that the man, Jesus, stood behind the wall to maintain the fire. This is to teach you that it is hard for the tempted to see how this work of grace is maintained in the soul. So the devil's over here going, what is going on? 
He's the tempted, meaning he's the one who was tempted and fell. He's looking, going, how is this fire getting higher? I'm trying to put it out. You know, that's like the church in China. They were the persecuted churches in other countries. They, they're catching fire, and they're spreading the, the gospel. They're not going the other way. Why? It's because when you are persecuted and you're in a tough time, you are maybe had a difficult week this week, because the greater one lives in you, the Holy Spirit, the oil of the Holy Spirit is in you, and Jesus is helping to pour oil on that fire. So all that water is doing is spreading the fire. This will hit you later. You'll go, yes, I'm going to persevere in, in, perse- in persecution because the result is that the fire of God is going to continue to burn out, out and, and in my life and through my life <clears throat> to the people around my life. So the lesson for us is the enemy tries to persecute us. He's trying to put out the fire. But as we keep our hearts connected to God, as we keep making room for him, the fire in us will spread and not be put out. During a prayer meeting here on Friday, a few weeks ago, the Lord put a phrase in my heart that's now become a regular prayer for Austin, for this region. Lord, would you pour your spirit out and make woke weird and fire fashionable? Make woke weird and fire fashionable. Maybe one of you songwriters can write a song about that, and I'll download that later. But for real, it's a prayer I pray, <clears throat> because woke is, needs to be seen as weird, and fire needs to be the cool thing again. Oh, you're on fire for Jesus? All right, All right I'll, I'll move on. <clears throat> the Bible supports this notion in Pilgrim's Progress in Acts 8, verse 1. Acts 8, verse 1. How many of you know Acts 1, verse 8? The Holy Spirit will come upon you to be a witness. Well, God's going to spread his gospel either through Acts 1, 8 or Acts 8, verse 1 and verse 4. Either way, the fire of the gospel is intended to spread. Acts 1.8 is coming upon you. Acts 8.1 is we're getting persecuted, but Jesus is pouring the oil, and the fire is going to go brighter. I want to declare to every one of you, look at your persecutions as going, wait a minute, my fire is going to grow hotter and higher. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. My These persecutions are working in me a greater work, a greater weight of glory. All right, so let's look at this. Acts 8, verse 1 and verse 4. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Now up to verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word, Wherever they went. So they weren't all contained to Jerusalem where Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost. They're out there now spreading. So you go to the mall, you go to the grocery store, you go to your job. I'm being persecuted. Well, you're also there to spread fire. 
Amen, Glenn. You're going it. All right. In the 90s, paragraph E, <clears throat> there were some there were revivals in 1994 and 1995 in Brownsville. Well, first was in Toronto, Airport Vineyard in Toronto, Canada. And then in 95, a, a Father's Day message in at Brownsville Assembly of God Church in Pensacola, Florida. And there was such a, a tremendous move in the 90s called renewal um, that uh, it there, was, there were some manifestations that turned off a lot of the church and they began to quench what was happening because some people in these services were shaking, some were laughing, some were falling over. And so what started to happen in, in some was they got offended and some of the prophetic voices back in the 90s uh, said, you know, this new wine that's being poured out, it has a stigma attached to it. Some of you may be stigmatized. Oh, you go to River in the Hills? Or you go to Bethel? Huh. So, so there's a stigma attached to the new wine, meaning you're not always going to be popular. But they said in the 90s, this new wine is being released with a stigma attached to it to to offend the mind to reveal the heart. To offend the mind. Well, this doesn't look right. To reveal the heart. So whatever part of my heart, I'm just going to be so honest. I'm sorry I'm going to... I was at HEB yesterday. That's not the big honesty thing. But I'm going, I'm turning, going to, to get some instant coffee, and, uh, and a guy with another guy were going, but he was clearly either a male transitioning to a female or a female to a male, and I went in my spirit, <clears throat> but then the Holy Spirit grabbed me, and he said, Glenn, what if... A trans person comes to River in the Hills this Sunday, gets born again, and they want to bring 20 of their trans friends to church next week. Will your church be offended and say, no, y'all need to? Will a woke liberal, I'm preaching good right now, I know you're quiet. Uh, a woke liberal who just got saved, who's reading the word, will we say, wait a minute, you need to drop all this Green New Deal stuff. Thank you, Sloan. The spirit of Sloan has descended. So there's a man in the 70s, in 1980, named Lonnie Frisbee. He was a hippie. I'm going to skip ahead, given the time. He was invited by John Wimber in 1980 at a vineyard church, Anaheim, California. If you can show Lonnie Frisbee is the hippie-looking guy. Well, that was Albuquerque. That was me in the... That wasn't me. That was in the, in the 60s, uh, across from the Dairy Queen on Central Avenue, across from the University of New Mexico. They had, they had refused these long-haired hippie types 
without shoes to come in. And so there, how many of you remember the signs in these stores and restaurants that said, no, shoe, no shoes, no shirt, no service? So look at that. It says, no pants down. No, that doesn't mean, it means like the, the you know, the low. But I love, it's like, no shoot, no shirt, sh- no shirt, no shoes, pants down, no service. Welcome. Look at that. It's like, welcome, but, you know, we can do that with the Holy Spirit. We can say, welcome, Holy Spirit, but don't bring any of that tongues in here. Don't bring any of that falling out. It's like the Holy Spirit may come and bring manifestations, bring gifts, but it's like someone comes to your house for a Friday night deal and they've got, they've got these presents and you go, wait, can you leave those three out in the car? That's quenching. I'm going to move on to, to grieving. Lonnie Frisbee was... Used, can you go back to Lonnie? <clears throat> he was used very powerfully uh, to bring over 80,000 people to Jesus. Yeah, if you can put him back up. Lonnie Frisbee, 80,000 people to Jesus. Uh, and he would invite the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit would come and fall. And then there was uproar in the church. John Wimber, you don't have his picture? Okay. Uh, well, he's a hippie guy. Just picture that. Uh, he, yeah, that's my fault. He uh, would invite the Holy Spirit, and the power of God would come, and, and people would just come to Jesus. And he, the, the movie Jesus Revolution has a lot to do with Lonnie Frisbee and his, the anointing on him. So he, he and many of those in the 70s that came to Christ were told, don't come to church until you clean, clean up and cut your hair you got to be a certain way. Well, that's, that's kind of, I kind of went ahead. The, the LGBTQ today could be the hippies of our day. Y'all are cooing cl- cl- with me. Good. We're together on that. It really, what's today? These were things that were brought up at our Tuesday prayer time. That's why in the middle of that prayer time, I'm going to change this message. I just started typing out. I know I looked rude during the prayer set Tuesday, but I was locked in. I was just having to make these notes. Lord's like this and this and this. So to we know we looked at what quenched the spirit. The, now let's close. Worship team, if you can come up. The word grieve. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Verse Ephesians 4, verse 30 is the Greek word lupeo. Lupeo, and it means to distress or to pain or to vex, or to bring sadness or sorrow. Did you know that we, by our responses, can grieve the Holy Spirit? We can see, we can make the person of the Holy Spirit sad or grieved by certain things we do or attitudes we have. We really can. There's a dove up there. That's a meme I pulled up. Or a little slide, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. A dove will fly away when there's sudden movement or loud movement. I'm not saying we can't be loud. I'm not saying we have to be calm all the time. But I am saying the, the dove is attracted to humility, 
to a heart that is humble and yielded and hungry and holy. His name is Holy Spirit. So when you get convicted of something, we're going to sing this song, Make Room. If the Holy Spirit shows you anything that's standing in the way, in a sense, what you're doing, what I'm doing, is allowing that furniture of compromise to get taken out of the living room. It's allowing the lampstands of wrong relationships that are not holy or wrong attitudes of complaining or judgmentalism or criticism. Saying, Lord, I want to make room for you. I repent of that unholy thing. You know what it is. I'm not going to give a list. Holy Spirit is his job is to show us. But the beautiful thing is today's our day to lay it down. Here is where I lay it down. This is my surrender. And on the back side of that, no matter what your background is, if you will lay it down and surrender and say, I will make room for you, the one who's fighting for your greatness will come in and say, Yes, trust me, I can come in and, and like Kyle, can't others, I can deliver you from that addiction. I can restore that relationship and make it what, it, what I want it to be because I created you and I make everything beautiful. We just, it starts with us saying, here I am. So there's no big altar call right now. We're just going to let the Lord deal with each of us. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.